you know what I think it is? It's because we like story. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just go on missions and collect loot for the sake of collecting loot. Yeah. Like I need an objective. Like, Dude, it's like, it? it's like cyberpunk. So one of the things that sold me on it is the reasons that some people don't like it are all the reasons that I like it. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of people don't like it because like, Oh, you can't like follow the NPCs around and throughout their entire day. And like, they don't live out a, a real immersive life. And I'm like, I could not care less about that kind of thing. <laughs> like, how is that a selling point for a game? You can follow a nothing computer character all day. I know. It's so stupid. Like, give me a good story mm-hmm. and like open world, even better. Some like character progression and some RPG stuff. Yeah. And I'm I'm a happy camper, man. I don't need to be immersed in a fiction in a non-character's life. <laughs> for an entire virtual day. That's just ridiculous. Seriously. I'd be perfectly happy if they went back to like computer characters. Yeah. Like N64 characters that literally stood in one place and had like four things to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just stand there and give me quests. That's all you're there for. Oh, I want. Oh, you have a mission for me. Fantastic. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Oh man. Should we talk about fitness related topics? Yeah. Yeah, record probably. it and, and put it on the internet for other people to consume. I like it. I like that a lot. Dude, what should we call this? <laughs> this awesome idea. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Big Freaking Health Coach Podcast. I'm Big Freaking Neil, and I'm joined, of course, as always. By my business partner, buddy, Brain Twin, Health Coach Kane. Dude, what was the fourth B that we came up with last week? Burger Connoisseur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Burger Master. Burger, the Burger Master. The Burger Master. Sorry, I forgot your, your you know, fourth B, buddy. I, I think I might be on the Burger Council, but I am not awarded the distinction of Master. <laughs> not yet. The, the Anakin Skywalker of burgers because I'm not a chef. <laughs> You're a burger Padawan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> soon I'll pass the trials and I'll be a burger knight. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there soon, buddy. I believe in you. Dude, what's going uh, on, man? What's new? You know, it's that time of year. Not a lot changes, man. Just uh, helping clients stay on track. Yeah. And uh, luckily, Next week, we're allowed to do one-on-one personal training again in the facility. Are we? I thought that was the case. I was having trouble deciphering the the new guidelines as usual. So, like, I went and read it, and all they did was mention that there will be changes to fitness services. And I'm like, that's what I saw. Like, why would you just write what those changes are? (laughs) Uh, So, I watched the the video, like, the actual address and oh. it took forever but yeah one-on-one if you have one customer slash client per 500 square feet indoor training is allowed okay in a one-on-one person training capacity and then you know if we hit our benchmarks in washington for like hospital occupancy or like whatever those things are case numbers and all that jazz uh, yeah. it'll open up more over time but one-on-one is back sweet man yeah Heck yeah. 
That's awesome. I think you and I both uh, typically operate out of facilities that are private enough that one client per 500 square feet should be very doable. Yeah. Frankly, where, where I work out of in downtown Seattle, most of the time, if they're not running classes, which they're not allowed to do right now, yeah. I'm the only trainer there. It's just yeah. me and my client in the gym alone. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my place over in Redmond, usually I'm one of two trainers, sometimes three, but it's like a giant 4,000 square foot warehouse. So yeah, place is huge. Shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Well, sweet, man. That's very exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm fired up about it. Ready to get back to the other half of, well, the other almost two thirds of my client load starting yeah. next week. Yeah, man. That's very exciting. Getting them back in the gym and off of Zoom. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. What are we talking about today? Oh, everybody's favorite villain, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Carbohydrates. Uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> I mean, he's my favorite villain. I mean, he was always my favorite too. It's like him, the Terminator, and like, but no, you know the the thing that everyone loves to hate, but everybody runs on all day long. Carbs. Yes. Yeah, it, we're we're sort of like uh, we're sort of like a whole bunch of vehicles that run on gas, but we just hate gas and we think it's going to kill us. <laughs> gas is so bad for you. I know imagine just a whole bunch of like Hondas getting together and being like, man, I'm cutting all the gas out of my diet. <laughs> Dude, for real. I have a friend over here who just plugs himself in and he's good. <laughs> like he's a hundred percent electric. Now gas is a non-essential thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I'm a big fan of carbs. Carbs are one of my favorite things. Oh, hell yeah. A life without carbs is, is it a life I would worth say living? not worth living. <laughs> <laughs> such a such a dark thing to say to all the keto people out there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it. it. It's not necessary to do, and therefore I will not. Did you ever attempt keto, like full-on keto? No. Yeah. I don't have 10 days to get used to headaches and being tired all the time. Dude, that's the thing. The other, the other reason why I'm really not a fan is if there's any, if there's something you do, anything you do that requires your body 10 days to not feel like it's dying is probably not good for you. <laughs> right? Seriously. I mean, especially because like that's regardless of your starting point, you have 10 days of misery. Yeah. Right. You could be in great shape. Mm -hmm. And if you go keto, you still have 10 days of horribleness. Yeah. And like even people who love it, they're on it like year round. They're like, yeah, I mean, I just, I really try not to fall off the wagon because it takes like a week and a half of feeling awful to get back <laughs> on. And I'm like, just stop getting on, man. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing is it requires literally a hundred percent compliance or you, you just feel like, horrible again yeah there's there's no such thing as being in a mild ketogenic state right you are or you are not yes <laughs> so enter carbohydrates the most yes. beautiful thing in the world <laughs> our savior carbohydrates yeah man uh where do we even get started with this i mean i, I figure this is going to be a lot like our 
fat and protein episodes. And uh, we're going to go through a lot of definitions up front and we'll, we'll throw in a lot of practical application. Um, frankly, myself and my clients, both general population and athletic population, yeah. we don't typically restrict carbohydrates in any significant sense mm-hmm. um, outside of basic macro calculations you have a lot more experience yourself and with your bodybuilding clientele as to changes with um, really, really, I don't even want to say strict because like you still eat your carbs, but like there are times when you have very specific prescriptions for your carb intake. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have a nice opportunity to come at this from a couple different vantage points, which mm-hmm. I think is very cool. Agreed. Um, so should we start at the top and just define some of these common terms you hear with carbs all the time? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good place to start for me, to me, for sure. I think the two, the two biggest definitions are simple versus complex carbs. People use them all the time and never give them any context. Um, simple carbs are what you would refer to as monosaccharides and um, oligosaccharides, which are di and trisaccharides. All that means a monosaccharide is one unit of sugar. It's one group of sugar. That's it. Mm. Um, Di is two, tri is three. That's all it is. Um, When you get to complex carbohydrates, you get into polysaccharides, which is more than two or three. Um, The average chain is somewhere around 10, I do believe. Um, And that's just exactly what it is. It's a more complex strain of carbohydrate. And that's where you like your starches, fiber, and glycogen, which you hear a lot as well. Those are all complex carbohydrates. They're all polysaccharides. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the important distinction there. Every length of sugar chain like that is digested down to monosaccharides, just right. one unit of sugar per, per, uh, per chain. So really the difference is the length of time it takes to get it to a monosaccharide. Yes. Because if it's already a monosaccharide, then it's already there immediately. But if it's a polysaccharide, it's going to take a lot longer to get it down to the one chain. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is exactly uh, how that goes. Your complex carbs are typically the healthier ones. They have the polysaccharides. They take longer to digest. Um, They keep your blood sugar more even because insulin is a direct response to a rising blood sugar content. Mm. So the longer it takes for you to release all that sugar with a complex carbohydrate as it's digested more slowly over time, the less of a spike in your insulin you're going to get. Yeah. Um, That's really the long and short of how that stuff works. Um, now when it comes to, uh, your use of simple versus complex carbs, mm-hmm. typically for my clientele and myself, and especially athletes, we stick to complex carbohydrates 95% of the time. Yeah. Um, the only exception being post-workout because simple carbohydrates are more typically readily available to be turned into glucose and then glycogen stores. Mm-hmm. To replenish what you just used. Yep. Um, how is that different in different phases of prep when it comes to choosing which carbohydrates you're going to take? Yeah. So usually 
as the prep goes on, uh, your carb sources become increasingly limited to complex carbs. If mainly for the simple reason that you want them to stay in your stomach as long as possible <laughs> because you're so hungry. So things that are uh, higher in fiber, things that are going to take longer for your body to digest and longer for you to just completely burn through um, are ideal. Um, like you said, simple sugars are still consumed post-workout usually. Um, and sometimes depending on, on the client, sometimes, uh, intro workout as well, you might consume something, um, that's really, really simple and easily uptake like, uh, uh, maltodextrin, something like that. Um, but yeah, in general, I think it's, it's very similar. Typically the vast majority of your carbohydrates are coming from complex sources, whether it's in the form of rice, potato, sweet potato, um, all those that are going to actually stick to you a little bit longer. And then a very small percentage is coming from simple sugars. Usually. Nice. Seems to make absolutely perfect sense. Yeah. Um, tell me more about fiber. Yeah. Fiber is awesome, man. Fiber, um, is a usually non-caloric carbohydrate. So it's a carb, but it doesn't actually add calories to your diet. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why things that are usually high in fiber are lower in calories mm -hmm. overall. Like, uh, I don't know, something, most vegetables, um, things like celery, especially are mostly fiber. So the cal caloric content is very low. Um, fiber slows down the emptying of your stomach as well. So if you have a meal, uh, that's paired with a solid source of fiber is going to keep you full and satiated longer. Um, so in terms of prep and, and clients, you use that to, uh, like I said, keep yourself from feeling starving <laughs> as long <laughs> as possible in between meals. Yeah. Um, is that typically the same application that you would use personally? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it's in plants, so you got to eat your veggies. You got to get some yeah. fiber. It has positive effects on your cholesterol and things like that. Um, it has a very positive effect on your digestive health yeah. and the health of your bowel movements and things of that nature. Um, my follow-up question would be, so there's, there's two kinds of fiber. There's soluble and insoluble fiber. And it's just whether or not it's water soluble or not. Mm -hmm. And they come from slightly different sources. Do you differentiate your fiber, your kind of fiber at any point throughout prep? Like, so for example, if soluble fiber is the water soluble stuff. It's all polysaccharides, mm -hmm. uh, but it's like the oats, the beans, um, some fruits and veggies like tomatoes and carrots. Yeah. Do you pick those on purpose over insoluble fiber sources at any point? And if so, why? Not specifically in my experience. Um, you do keep a pretty close eye on your total fiber intake throughout the day though, just because for digestive reasons. So you want your digestive system to be operating 
um, very efficiently on prep because especially if you're trying to make weight, like I was, if you have a weight class to fit into, uh, not to get too gross, but you want to be regular so that your weight, when you're, when you are weighing in, it's accurate and you're never thrown off like, Oh, I have three pounds higher on the scale this morning, but I haven't pooped in three days, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So if your fiber is too low, that can be a problem. And it can also be a problem if your fiber is too high. My question for you, I'm actually not sure on this. Would that be more of a side effect of insoluble fiber than soluble? Typically, like when you talk about, okay, another gross thing, but you guys, gut health is an important part of your health. So here we are. Yes, and, and we're all adults here. That. Um, insoluble fiber is like the stuff that will add girth to your bowel movements. If that <laughs> makes sense. Um, so you can in- improve the quality of your bowel movements with insoluble fiber. So like dark leafy green vegetables and um, seeds and nuts and stuff like that. So that's the kind oats of thing. Oats would fall into that category too, right? Uh, oats are soluble fibers. I don't okay. know why yeah, they're yeah. different. I've usually not made a distinction with them. Um, typically, I mean, it's both fibers. So I guess I, I usually base that off of feelings of satiety and that's not really an accurate way to do that. So I'm just now analyzing that I do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's mostly like the, the leafy green veggies and, um, some fruit rinds and things like that. So like apple skin is, is that, um, but yeah, I, uh, I've never really had to tell someone, Hey, I mean, well, I tell everyone you need more leafy green vegetables because everyone does, but it's never because I'm like, you're having plenty of fiber, but it's mostly soluble fiber and we should really look at insolubles. (laughs) Um, that's a level of minutia that's first of all, never been presented to me. And secondly, I would probably refer out if they were getting enough fiber and I didn't know why it wasn't working. Yeah. I mean, if that's such a, such an intricate minutia that even during prep, which is all about minutia, that's Mm -hmm. not something I even really, really considered. It was the difference between the two. I was monitoring fiber a lot more closely than I would normally while not on prep, but -hmm. it was for those, for those reasons I already listed the satiety and then also making sure my digestive system is running efficiently every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that's pretty much the breakdown on carbs and all the definitions. The, the digestion path is really straightforward. Some carbohydrates start digesting in your mouth when you chew. Yeah. And they break apart all the way down through your intestines, go to your liver. Your liver puts them into, turns it into energy more or less. And then it's sent out through your bloodstream to mm-hmm. become energy and cells. So here's a, here's a follow up question for you. Yeah specifically regarding simple versus complex carbs. So I've heard some conflicting info about this. And I believe what my certifying body taught me was Mm -hmm. that the uh, difference between the two becomes less important if you're combining that carbohydrate with protein or fat. So what I was taught was that if you're having a uh, simple carb, but that meal is also pretty rich in protein and fat, 
the digestion of that carb is going to be slowed down considerably anyway. But if you have that carbohydrate on its own, that's when it really hits your bloodstream immediately. What are your thoughts? I would think that's pretty true of anything. I think the volume of food that you have to digest, the higher the volume, the slower the digestion. Sure. Because that also holds true even if you do isolate a protein source, if you have a little bit of protein, you can synthesize or break down those amino acids and all that stuff quickly versus if you have like 50 grams of protein, it'll take you a little longer. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if we are treating it with a meal like we should because that's a practical application, um, the difference isn't going to be super stark. What I think it informs more when you look at it in isolation is that if you're building a meal with carbohydrates, yeah, it serves you better to use the complex carbs as your primary carbohydrate source because overall you will feel more satiated, mm-hmm. your blood sugar levels will stay more even, and over time it can actually help you consume fewer calories total. Yeah. Um, you and I typically don't worry as much about the quality of carbs because usually we're trying to get some. Yeah. You know, for someone who, even if they are eating it already with a protein and with some fat, if they can have 400 calories of a simple carbohydrate because there's no fiber and things like that versus 150 to 200 calories of a complex carbohydrate and feel yeah. the same amount of full. Yeah. I mean, I'd still steer them towards the, the complex one. I agree. I mean, it's, yeah, that's a really good point. It's much, much harder to eat 400 calories of a complex carb than it is a simple carb. Um, yeah. A good, a good example that springs to mind is my portion of oatmeal that I eat pretty much every day now is two serving, which is 300 calories. And it's a lot of oatmeal. <laughs> it's a huge bowl of oatmeal. So yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was just thinking too. Is yeah. like, if I eat a cup of oatmeal, mm-hmm. that's what it is. I'm good. I'm real good. Uh, I can eat cereal by the box though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A 1200 calorie box of cereal will be gone like that. Forget about it. Yeah. So really breaking it down like that, that's kind of kind of the way I would think about that. No, that makes total sense. And I guess if you think about the differences, like you just defined between the complex and the simple carbs, even if protein and fat is slowing it down somewhat um, as a simple carb, if that's now a complex carb, the whole process is going to be even slower, right? It's not going to be equal between the two. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, since I'm sure a hundred percent sure you have a lot more experience getting into the nitty gritty, would you like to go through the glycemic index for everyone? (laughs) Ooh, I would love to, man. Uh, so as I understand it, please jump in and correct me if I misspeak health coach Kane, but the way I understand it is the simpler, the carb, the faster, the sugar, the more, the higher on the glycemic glycemic index it is generally mm-hmm. which means it's going to have a more of a profound effect on your insulin levels and it's going to spike your blood sugar and then usually your blood sugar is going to crash uh the more complex the carbohydrate the slower the carbohydrate the lower it is on the glycemic index meaning it's going to 
still raise your blood sugar, but keep it more stable. And therefore your insulin is going to be less impacted as well. Yeah. Is that a fairly good summary? That is 100% correct. Cool. Um, for the sticklers out there who like the official numbers and measurements and all that shit, I'd look this up just for those folks because mm. I'm one of them. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> be perfectly accurate. Glycemic index is a measure of how quickly a specific food can raise your blood sugar. So the relative degree of blood sugar after consuming 50 grams of the food you're measuring, that speed is determined against table sugar, common table sugar. That's mm. a glycemic index of value of 100. So yeah. they all go up to that. That's the highest glycemic index value you can get. And everything else is compared to that to be put into the hierarchy on the scale. So that's technically how it's measured that way. Neil is absolutely right. Simple to complex. Yeah. So you can find where things are on the glycemic index any number of places by Googling. So we won't go through an exhaustive list of every ingredient known to man and where it lies in the glycemic index. Mm. Um, but I'll also say that that's not where you should start when it comes to, to picking your carbohydrates. Yeah. Glycemic index is a fun tool. Um, but really if you stick with complex carbohydrates first, you're going to make a lot of headway before you ever have to wonder about the glycemic index. Right. I would also make the case that, and back in the day, glycemic index was talked about a lot more and sort of, uh, put on a pedestal as a huge concern if your goal was fat loss. Mm -hmm. And I think what research, recent research has told us now is that while it does have um, acute effects, on, like immediate effects, short-term effects on your ability to uh, burn body fat, um, really what dictates that, again, is your total calories at the end of the day. So... Like you said, if, if the majority of your sources from carbs are coming from complex sources, which they should be, I mean, what, what adult is going to get a higher percentage of their carbs from simple carbs, right? You're not, you're not eating fruity pebbles all day long, or at least you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. <laughs> and you're going to feel like garbage if you are. So given the facts that most of your carbs are going to be complex, the glycemic index really isn't that big a concern. Am I right in saying that, buddy? You're absolutely right in saying that. And I remember that even when we were training at the same gym, Yeah, it was one of those things where people would be like, bro, really? You're doing white rice? Yeah. You're not doing brown rice? <laughs> yeah. The glycemic index, man. Yeah. And like in practice, the difference over the course of your actual nutrition plan is so inconsequential. Like, do you like white rice better? Okay, have white rice. Yeah, exactly. No one cares. It's not going to be a deciding factor. Nutritionally, they are identical aside from the fiber content. That's literally the only difference. Only thing. Dude, are you eating a regular potato right now? <laughs> and regular potatoes are even high in fiber if you're eating the skin. They sure so, are. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. that a freaking baked potato? <laughs> Yeah, man. Sacrilege. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I mean, look at look at bodybuilders who are undeniably 
the leanest and most muscular people in the world. Yeah. Um, they all eat white rice. They all eat white rice six times a day. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't eat brown rice. I, I don't know a single physique competitor. And by physique competitor, I mean all those, all competitors that are, are uh, striving for a lean physique. Mm-hmm. I don't know a single one that eats brown rice. That's no. not a thing. It's not, it's just a dumb thing to care about. <laughs> so, I mean, not, not to try and be rude or anything, but I'm also yeah. not going to mince words. There's so much about har- carbohydrates where you can find a bunch of information and you can find a study that says, Oh, this is ever so slightly worse for you or better for you. Or it doesn't matter. Yeah. man. like, especially if you don't have the big building blocks in place for this stuff, mm. you're missing the forest for the trees. Like, Get out of your own head and just start with basics. Yeah, 100%. Okay, buddy. Is that uh, is that about it? You got any more? Dude, that's what I got, man. Yeah. I mean, eat your carbs. There's nothing wrong with them. They make you feel good. They're your eat primary carbs. source of energy, especially if you're an athlete. Yeah. You, you got to eat some carbs. Like, you got work to do. Yeah. So, I think we should close with some really clear-cut, uh, or as clear-cut as we can be, uh, practical applications for people mm-hmm. over the course of their day. So what I would say is make sure you're eating a good source of complex carbs. Um, depending on the person, 90 to 120 minutes before you're going to uh, do any weight training. That, that's my personal preference. I operate best if it's about two hours ahead of time. For some people, that's going to be too long. Uh, my meals are pretty large usually. So I want to make sure that I've actually digested that and that I'm feeling pretty empty by the time I'm in the gym. Um, but some people are going to be able to do 90 minutes, even 60 minutes beforehand. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple clients that do really well, um, on a 30 minutes before. Yeah. Like it's, it's less obviously, but like if you got a pound, like a granola bar and an apple half an hour before your workout, yeah, get it done. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm eating like two cups of rice and an eight ounce portion of chicken. <laughs> so yeah. I don't want that sitting in my stomach while I'm working out. Oh yeah. Cause you have a pre-workout meal. Yes. Not a pre-workout snack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're hundred percent right though. Like a lot of times I'll have clients who have their, their lunch break, right. At like noon. And then they're training with me when they get off work at like six and they're not eating in between. So I'll tell those, and they don't, have, they don't have a scheduled, they don't have another scheduled meal break. So I'll tell those people, yeah, pound a granola bar or a little cup of Greek yogurt literally on your drive to the gym. And mm-hmm. that usually does the trick. Yeah. Uh, like, what about post-workout nutrition? What are your thoughts post-workout there? Post-workout nutrition. Um, As it relates to carbs, obviously. I do a two to one carb to protein ratio post-workout. Okay. Because you have a lot to make up for if you went in and worked hard. I like that. Um, and I don't mind splitting that half and half simple and complex carbs. I agree with that too. I, re- I really don't like, cause you have some glycogen stores to, to replenish short term and then you got long-term energy needs moving through the rest of your day. So yeah, crack it up, man. I, I like a, a big ass salad with lots of dark leafy green vegetables. I like a solid helping of protein and then if you want a little rice with that, get some more complex carbs in there. Um, 
and then like an apple or something to go with it, a little bit of fruit. Yeah, man, get it done. Agreed. Uh, full disclosure, you know what I'm doing post workout right now? What? I'm doing a uh, whey protein isolate, mm-hmm. um, a big bowl of honey nut Cheerios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I use the whey protein isolate as like a milk substitute for my honey nut Cheerios. Oh. It's perfect. It's, I mean, it is pretty much half and half complex and simple carbs, and it fits within my total caloric window of the day, and it's delicious. So, yeah, dude, that's chemistry right there. <laughs> science, bro. You're you're a chemist now. <laughs> you need to put that in your in your bio. Health Coach Kane's recommendation of a salad and an apple and and a solid source of protein is probably better. <laughs> but it is delicious. We can't. So keep that. this in mind too, though. You probably eat what six times a day right now? Eight. Six to eight. Yeah. Right. You have other chances to have more nutrient dense food. Oh yeah. So if you are just looking to replenish your glycogen stores, a bunch of simple sugar over the course of eight meals for you, not that big of a deal. Context yeah. is everything. So if my clients eating two, maybe three times a day, hopefully plus a snack, mm-hmm. we don't have a meal to waste. Yeah. On high calorie, low nutrient density food. hundred percent, man. I wouldn't, I would never recommend really any part of my nutrition plan, which is perfect for me to any of my clientele. So <laughs> that's a very good point. That's a symbol of a good coach right there though. Yeah. It's like you are not training other people uh-huh. the way you train yourself. You're training them the way they need to be trained. Trained. Right. Train it, right. Trade it. <laughs> we train it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. You got anything else you want to add? I think that pretty well covers it. I think that pretty well covers it. Um, right, guys, I'm sure this is always a topic that ends up with a lot of questions, yeah. no matter who I talk to about it or where. Um, so please send us your questions after listening to this. I know you have them. We are happy to answer them for you. I mean, I'm sure there are many people out there that are still thinking, but don't they make you fat? <laughs> so <laughs> nothing, no one thing makes you gain fat. True. There's never one single thing that does it. It's always a combination of things. True. So I guess you could make the argument that the one single thing that makes you gain fat is calories. Yes. You could you could make you could make that case. Yes. But we can umbrella all the factors under calories. Yes. <laughs> but it is a ton of factors. You're you're 100% right. <laughs> so never never isolate one thing as the thing. Yes. Yeah. Never just one thing. Yeah. So talk calories are how much you move, how much you eat. There's there's so many factors within calories. So Yeah. And that's when everything's going well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So if you learned something this episode and I'm willing to bet the farm you did, please give us a five-star review and share this with your other friends who think carbs are the devil because they're also wrong. And you guys can go back to eating carbs responsibly together. (laughs) Spread the word, spread the good word. Yeah. Shout it from the mountaintops. (laughs) That's big freaking Neil. I'm health coach Kane. This has been another awesome episode of the big freaking health coach podcast. Um, we will see you next time with more super fun information and please, we're getting ready for our next Q and a as well. So send any questions you have to us so they can get addressed there. Also, please do guys. All right. Till next time. See you next week.